0: If you feel uncomfortable or shame or guilt, you know, it's good to just, just be curious. I love this idea. Like instead of condemning ourselves for making mistakes, maybe I went the whole week and I didn't exercise, you know, instead of saying, Oh, I'm such a slob. I'm just back to my old ways. Instead of feeling that just say, Hmm, you know, that's interesting. Why did, after I was making all this progress, why did I stop and just just because your body your mind you know these are just there it's telling you something and if you're just curious instead of judgmental or filled with shame and self-loathing that curiosity is such a much more compassionate way to see yourself and it also will absolutely help you get to the bottom of why you're doing what you want to don't want to do or not doing what you do want to do
1: Welcome to Champions Mojo, a podcast to bring out your inner champion. Your hosts are sisters-in-law Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Kelly is a former Division 1 head swim coach, Olympic trials qualifier, and holds national and world records in master swimming. Maria holds world records in endurance cycling and won the world's toughest bike race, Race Across America. Both are certified health and life coaches. Our goal is to inspire you through conversations with champions. And now, your host, Kelly Pallas. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast, where today we'll be talking about self-sabotage. Why do we sometimes do the opposite of what we should? What is self-sabotage? How does it keep us from achieving our goals, and how do we recognize it and use it for positive change? If you've ever found yourself hitting the snooze button despite your intention to get up and work out or going for that second piece of pie, just when you've started to get traction on your weight loss goals, you'll want to stay with us. Hello, Maria. Are you ready to go after this
0: topic? Yes, Kelly. We've observed, well, I've observed it myself, and I think you and I have talked about it too, that, and also in our health coaching clients, that, you know, sometimes when we do well for a couple of weeks and progress towards our goals, it's followed by what seems an inexplicable backslide into our old bad habits, um and I know this is a very common experience and it's very discouraging. So I'm excited to talk about some of the reasons we can be our own worst enemy and how to recognize it and turn it into a stepping stone toward understanding ourselves and achieving lasting positive change. So let's get started.
1: Yeah, so Maria, how do we how do we recognize self-sabotage?
0: Well, I it, you know, I think it's when you feel Shame, or anger at yourself for doing what you have, not you know, what you said, you're not doing what you said you would do or doing what you said you wouldn't do. And, you know, we use the example in the introduction of snooze button or second piece of pie. You know, for me, even yesterday, I found myself after a stressful phone call um, and I love a little dark chocolate with some, you know, Peanut butter on or something—that's a normal and healthy snack for me. But my little bit of dark chocolate turned into, you know, a half a bar, and that isn't what I want to do. It's not how I I want to eat. Um, and I, you know, and I and I felt that sense of ah, you know, this is so discouraging. Why am I doing this? And then I remembered this lesson on self sabotage. So I think we can recognize it in ourselves when we find things going off the rails. We, we, and I, for me, it's a very, I can notice it when I feel shame, you know, I was like, and shame is not a great feeling. And I, you know, but I, uh, well, we'll talk about later how to turn that feeling around. But I think for me, that's how I recognize it. What what about you, Kelly? Any, any ideas on that? Yes. I, I
1: can totally relate to, you know, shame and, I think we've talked about this before, I I believe, and we're going to talk about three very specific ways that self-sabotage can enter our lives. But I I feel like at the top of the show here, it's important to say that we talk about becoming the type of person that always works out or the type of person we, we, we change our identity as an athlete. In thinking about You know, maybe you're someone that is trying to lose weight or become athletic, but historically you've been an overweight person who's been maybe like, I, you know, I love your little story about being called a jelly bean. Yeah. So you might've seen yourself when you were younger as a jelly bean. Yeah. And then when you started to run 5Ks and you started to get a little more fit, maybe your mind thought, well, am I really an athlete or am I a jelly bean? And so I can tell, so my identity, so I, I am going to tell my little story, which I said at the, before we started recording, I, I know our listeners probably get tired of me talking about my skin, but it is, you know, it's such a big thing in my life. And, and it's hard for me to not scratch a lot of times. You know, I just, I think it's soothing Scratching feels good, you know. When I maybe my skin is dry, or I've I've swum in chlorine, you know. Your even your husband, my brother Jim, says he gets the chlorine itch. So you just start that little that little scratching. So I I told you I can go all day without scratching because I'll be distracted and I won't. But then at the end of the day, if I'm just like you, you reward yourself with chocolate. I reward myself with scratching. And I feel shame, but I also have this identity right now as someone who has itchy skin. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So that's my identity Mm -hmm. as someone who has itchy skin versus someone who has smooth, calm skin. And when I might go through a couple of days of less calm skin, I just expect, oh, well, I'm just somebody who has itchy skin. In fact, I'm someone who has bad skin. I'm mm. someone who has a skin problem. And mm. that is my identity. And it's, um, and I think when I could start healing and maybe look at it as, well, you know, my skin's itching because it's healing. Because if anybody's ever had a wound that heals, it itches. And so I think self-sabotage can be getting into a new identity where you're you're really working out or you're eating well or you're not doing a bad habit you're you've you've made it you know you've decided you're going to give up caffeine or you're going to give up alcohol or you're, you're going to give up scratching or whatever your little bugaboo is then you are identified with that and then when you become the non-scratcher or the person with calm skin or the person who doesn't drink alcohol or the person who doesn't eat extra desserts then your mind snaps back to the other identity. So I think that that is something that happens with self-sabotage. So
0: oh, I love we, that. I think that's I mean, I think you've nailed it. I mean, we talk about how do you change your identity? And, and we've learned that, you know, there's there's your behaviors, there's your beliefs, and then then there's your identity. And and as we're changing, there's a part of our brain that is terrified. Yes. And, it, and, yeah. for, you know, and and for reasons that are not usually conscious to us, it's going, no, 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 no. In fact, I talked to a client. I just loved this super honest observation she gave me. She said, I'm losing weight. And I look at all of my clothes, my beautiful, beautiful clothes. And I think to myself, pretty soon, they're going to be too big for me. And I think. I don't want that to happen, so I start eating again. Yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. thought that was so beautiful and honest. And so there's a part of us that you know we don't like change. You know, we refer to it in health coaching as the critter brain or the reptilian brain, or your you know it's it's way down in there, and it wants to keep things exactly the way they've been. And so I think when you start to change, that's when you particularly are open or are are tempted by or likely to fall into self sabotage so you know i've been working on this kind of habit of eating to when i'm mad or in this case when i'm stressed for a long time. And I've been making some really good progress towards it. And I think yesterday it was just like, nope, the critter brain was going, nope, nope. We liked it the way it was when you fed yourself a whole chocolate bar when we were stressed.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So, so I I think, you know, there are a lot of little techniques that we've talked about throughout our different episodes. I I think one of them is, you know, I love avatars, you know, thinking of this, Oh yeah, yeah, that's good. An avatar that that's strong and and has smooth skin, or that you know is impervious to the chocolate, or yeah. impervious
0: to oh, I love that. That's great, Kelly. Yeah, we can become our avatar. We can put our avatar out there and say, "I am," you know, going to be that. That's wonderful.
1: Yeah. So so anyway, that's kind of myself, my thoughts on self sabotage. But let's talk specifically about the three most
0: common ways that we self-sabotage. Do you want to start with that first one, Maria? Sure. Sure. So I think, and this is really a common thing, you know, all of our lives are busy. And so we've started to, maybe we started to exercise or whatever. And, all of a sudden, you know, we have a busy day, or we get tired, or whatever, and we hit this. We say, "Well, you know, I'm just going to hit the snooze button because my sleep's important," or you know, I, getting you know, getting up this morning and preparing for my work meeting is more important right now. And so we we tend to allow when we're first starting on a new goal, we're highly motivated, and we you know we set these things into place. But then after we've been doing it for a while, we forget to that. You know, where we're going and we and we we allow our health goals and our desire to become this new person, to become this new identity, to slip. And so for me, a story about that is, you know, I know that in order to eat healthfully, I have to do food prep. There's just no way I can spontaneously – we've talked about this in other, in other episodes. Like food doesn't – unfortunately, healthy, healthy food does not magically appear on my countertop at 4 o'clock when I start to get hungry. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. you know, and so, I mean, I can, you know, I can sort of get through breakfast and lunch, not too hard. But dinner is never going to happen spontaneously, healthfully. And so I have to do food prep. And so I, you know, I've star- I started that and then, you know, it's just – but everything else seems more important than that. And, and, you know, eventually I forget to that my own health and the health of my family, the people that I cook for are, is, is much more important than anything because you know, if you haven't got your health, you haven't got anything. This is really, really important. Food prep is always going to be part of my life and I need to just make sure that it's a top priority. So I think the first sc- scenario is something else is more important than you and your health. And it's remembering that, you know, you, you're, remembering why your health is important and what you have to do to continue to to make that your first priority.
1: Yes. And I, I think with our busy lives and also with loved ones in our life that we can sometimes think that they're a priority. You know, if you're a young mother and you've right. said you're you're going to work out every day, but, oh, you know, you're child needs something, you're going to prioritize that. And of course there are going to be times when you have to, if you know, it's this emergency with your child, but in general, it's putting yourself first. It's self-care and not thinking, you know, like you said, like that work is more important or that your spouse is more important or, you know, some, something else is more important. So I love number one. I think that's a really good recognizing that you're very important and that you got to focus on that.
0: Right. You can't, you can't forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Number two,
1: the way that we sometimes commonly self-sabotage is that we want to fit in. I'm thinking of a client that I'm working with right now, which I just, she's, she's awesome. And she's young. She's uh, a junior in college. She wants to eat healthier and exercise more, which is a great great goals that she has for this 90-day transformation that we're working with her on. And so the number two self-sabotage is desiring acceptance. So she's said she's afraid that when she goes back to college, that her, you know, her roommates, she lives in a an apartment with multiple people, that they aren't gonna, you know, want to eat healthy and they're not going to be supportive of her going out for a run or, um, doing her exercise and that she worries that she might just fall in with the ranks and be doing, you know, not doing her routine that she's been doing all summer because she desires acceptance. And I think that's, you know, that's a common thing that you just kind of, you want to fit in and, and, you know, and then there's the example of, let's say you're, you know, you're not, uh, eating a lot of carbs and you go to your favorite aunt or your favorite grandmother or somebody for dinner and they serve, you know, uh, mashed potatoes and pasta or something for right. dinner. Right. So you, you don't want to hurt your aunt or your grandmother's feelings and you, you just go ahead and your, your diet goes to heck because you, you eat a whole, you know, dinner of carbs. Desiring acceptance is one way that we self-sabotage. And, you know, that kind of ties into number one because you're you're pleasing other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I think one of the things to remember is that you know, our basic, you know, the very 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 most important basic need is love, safety and three needs, love, safety and belonging. And if you're doing something different than everybody else, I think there's a real fear that you're going to lose love and you're not going to, you know, feel like you belong. And so, I mean, I think the thing you have to ask yourself is: a Is that true? Like, you know, is that really true? Like, if I and I, I had to go through this uh, kind of when I sort of changed my eating. I have a, a relative who just loves to feed me carbs and <laughs> <laughs> and gets great joy and pleasure out of that. And so, I had a lot of fear around losing that that person's you know love and affection. But uh, it turns out that, that person really wanted to just love me. And she was willing to fix, you know, lower carb foods to make me happy. You know, so it was, I didn't, you know, it it wasn't true, you know, that if I, if, you know, that I had to eat this diet that wasn't, that wasn't working for me around that person to have her love. And so I, you know, I think that's one of the things we have to ask ourselves: is it true? You know, is it, you know, if I, and really lots of times when you are eating well, or exercising, it will inspire other people. And if it doesn't inspire other people, it's often because they're afraid that, you know, you're going to somehow, you know, leave them or be, you know, that they they won't be part of your group. So I mean, there's a lot of deep fears around this acceptance thing. Um, But I think the big thing is to sort of talk about it and get it out of your critter brain and into your sort of frontal lobe, like, will this, you know, really, will somebody stop loving me? Because I don't, you know, drink with them on Friday nights, every, you know, or if I just do one drink instead of, you know, getting, well, (laughs) getting really, (laughs) really, really drunk. (laughs) So I think we have to ask ourselves. So yeah, that, that desiring acceptance is so important. And if you realize, Hey, I'm doing this because I really want to be accepted by this group. That's really helpful just to acknowledge it and then get it out there and then ask yourself, is it really true? And if it is, you know, do you really you know, you might want to question the kind of people that you're hanging out with. If you're an alcoholic and all your friends are alcoholics, you may have to be changing your, your group. So
1: yeah. Or any, any bad habit that's yeah. enforced in a yeah. group. I, yeah. And you know, those three things that we, we do need love, safety and belonging. I, I'm big on safety. You know, yeah. I, I love, I love safety and yeah. you know safety and numbers and safety and what we're doing. And so I think we can use again, a little kind of Technique of saying we can thank our past selves for keeping us safe, yes, and and then move to our new self. You know that we we can still be safe and are like just ask the question: Am I really not going to have safety if I move into this new adventure, this new behavior, this new healthier time? And and maybe you know, like my my husband always whenever I try to go out for a walk or a run by myself, and usually he's with me, but by myself, sometimes I'll do it. He's, he's had some major plantar fasciitis over the last year with his, his own injury. So he's not been running as much with me. And so, but he always says, you know, be careful. I worry about you running by yourself. You know, I I, I hope it's safe, you know, so he plays on my my safety feature, yes, but yes. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, and, and, and I, I, I never even think about that. But right. you know, if you, if you're somebody who's generally stayed inside, and you, you know, you're afraid of it, you're, you're probably going to be safe. So you just have to say, you know, I'm going to be safe with
0: my new routine as well as my old. That's good. I mean, I think that's good. Just recognizing, wait, this is a need I have for safety, and somebody yeah and and, you know, how how is this? I think a, a a great example is people who may have had bad sexual experiences in the past and they pack on the weight because if they feel like if they're covered with a nice, you know thick layer of adipose tissue, they they won't ever have to have a bad sexual experience again. I mean, in some level, that's really, really true. It keeps you safe. It keeps you, you know. <laughs> and so I mean, but getting that you know, that's a that's a big one, but getting to it. Like how has? How have my habits or my body, how has it kept me safe? How it kept has it kept me belonging? If all of your friends are, you know, are athletes, you're going to be tend to be an athlete. And if all of your friends love to sit around and eat, you know, like in college for me, I would almost every night have a whole pint of ice cream with a king size, you know, bag of M&Ms on top. You know, fortunately, I had a great metabolism, but my gosh, but that's what everybody else was doing. You know, and mm. I, you know, I just, that, that was part of my, I loved it. It was delicious, <laughs> but it was also part of belonging. And, you know, and I, I, you know, at that time that my, my social group was very fluid. I could have easily chosen a group of people who, you know, who read Shakespeare at eight o'clock at night. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. Uh, So, but yeah, so I think it's really important to realize what, you know, what's going on around there. Okay. And the third self-sabotage kind Maria, of, made, wait, before, oh, sorry.
1: before I, I wanted to, um, Talk a little bit about that—that that one thing that you talked about is what are you getting out of of your self sabotage or your bad habits? I, yeah. I think that's so so valuable, and um, I know for the longest time in my family, when I've had eczema on my hands, which is the really the main place that I've had eczema in my whole life, is on my hands, always my hands. That I got to get out of doing the dishes. You know, it was <laughs> like, you know. And, and you know, that as my beautiful sister-in-law who's served up so many meals. Like it's kind of traditional that whoever cooks the other people clean up. So I didn't cook. I'm not a cook. And then when it came time to clean up, it was just like, oh, my hands are just raw. I, I cannot, you know, clean up dishes and put them in dishwater and and so everybody was always, oh, of course not, Kelly. You, no, don't touch those dishes. And that was the way, you know, I've had eczema on my hands since I was like seven years old. So my mother was very adamant, you know, when I was growing up that I did not do any dishes because she didn't want my hands to be worse. So, hey, that was, that self, <laughs> that that serves me. Um, so what, you know, what is your...
0: What are you getting out of? um, That is so great. That's a great story. Yeah. And and there's always something good about, you know, even a bad habit. And, you know, I think the other side of that is who in your circle is going to be negatively affected if you achieve your goals, you know, and I think that's something to really think about if you're married and, you know, you and your husband have built, I remember we had this couple that we were friends with and they moved to Alaska and they just started cooking together and loving it. And they got so overweight. (laughs) and they said, you know, are you, you know, you're, 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 what did they say? Your body's not a temple, it's, it's a playground. (laughs) You know, they just, they just really got into it. But, but you know, if, if they had, one of them had decided, look, this is enough is enough. Then, you know, that would have negatively impacted their hobby together of eating and cooking and eating together. So I think lots of times you have to think about who might be hurt if I get healthy Who's going to be hurt, and that's not a that that's a serious question. Some people are going to be bothered by it, or hurt by it, or there's going to be a loss. So, I mean, I think acknowledging that helps you also recognize sabotage when it comes its way. It will, you know, move it from the unconscious to the conscious. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to comment on that. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, that was a like really excellent excellent point. So, the third major self sabotage is, I've been so good, I I deserve to take this day off of exercise or I deserve to have this, you know, bowl of ice cream. I've been good. It's a reward. Um, and I think, you know, I think all of us can relate to this. You know, I, you know, I've been, I've been, you know, so steady and, and, uh, you know, it's not that there's it's not that reward is a bad thing. And even having a day, a week where, you know, you just let yourself relax and you let your, you know, you relax the rules around eating, you relax, you know, the rules around exercise. That's not a bad thing because, it, you know, it. but it's, but if you do it consciously, if you're doing it unconsciously, it's like, ah. Uh. And I mean, that was essentially what was happening to me yesterday is like I'd had this stressful phone conversation and then I was like, I got to reward myself because that was so awful, <laughs> you know? yeah. So, so it's a it's a kind of like I've been good and um, yeah, or or this bad thing has happened. I de- I deserve this. You deserve this. And so, when you find yourself thinking I deserve this, ask yourself, do you do you deserve this? And I think one of the one of the things that I've learned through health coaching is, if you feel uncomfortable or shame or guilt, you know it's good to just, just be curious. I love this idea. Like instead of condemning ourselves for making mistakes, maybe I went the whole week and I didn't exercise, you know, instead of saying, Oh, I'm such a slob. I'm just back to my old ways. Instead of feeling that just say, Hmm, you know, that's interesting. Why did, after I was making all this progress, why did I stop? And just, just because your body, your mind, you know, these are just there, it's telling you something, and if you're just curious instead of judgmental or filled with shame and self-loathing, that curiosity is such a much more compassionate way to see yourself, and it also will absolutely help you get to the bottom of why you're doing what you want to don't want to do or not doing what you do want to do.
1: Yes, yeah, so I think um, self-compassion is is really important, and it's you know we can we can be there for a friend. You know, and and be loving and supportive, and yet when you turn it on, at least for me, when I turn it on myself, I've said this before that it's like, oh, I'm so judgmental and I'm so mm. tough on myself. But mm. one of the things that I work with clients on this specific uh, number on that you reward yourself that you're doing so well, and you you reward yourself in a bad way. Mm. And I think if we can have a reward system in place where we reward ourselves instead of with a, you know, a whole chocolate bar or a a scratch fest or whatever, we reward ourselves with something called the nourishment, the personal nourishment menu. Hmm. And I love uh, the idea of a personal nourishment menu to replace bad rewards and, you know, some, some easy, just off the top of my head, you know, nourishment menus that are available for us, you know playing your favorite song and, and you know, really enjoying a dance by yourself to your favorite song or mm. getting, a mas- getting a massage or buying yourself fresh cut flowers. I mean, the smallest thing, I had talked about this with a client the other day and she said, oh my gosh, I love fresh cut flowers. And every time I go through the grocery store, I walk through that floral section and I think, oh my gosh, look, that would look so beautiful on my table. But she says, I never buy them. And I'm like, so reward yourself with something like that, or, you know, a, a a good deep conversation with a friend Mm. or a a nice tub bath or whatever, you know, like have your, your list ready of what really nourishes your soul. So you don't, slip into a bad reward when
0: you can have good rewards, right? Oh, that's such a great point. And I mean, I think we could do a whole section on this, but I, I really, I have worked long and hard on my, I call it joy jolt list. You know, sitting in a rocking chair, lighting a candle, as you said, listening to music, fresh cut flowers, a clean kitchen. Believe it or not, a clean kitchen is very joyful for me. I would love I'd love to reward myself with a clean kitchen by just, you know, getting it done. So, um, yeah, there's a lot if you think about what makes me feel good, you know, a hug from my husband, you know, dancing, beautiful music. There's so many. But if you keep a list around, it's like it's like instead of digging into the candy bar, drawer, you're digging into, you know, the things that really do nourish your soul. Yes. Yes. Well, Maria, that is, I
1: think a great place to end. We just need to, um, you know, be kind and gentle and loving and, and self-sabotage is things that we're doing to ourselves. So just a quick review, have the, have the identity of where you're going, pick, pick that identity out and, and really own it. Hmm. Keep your goal as the most important thing. Don't let something else be more important. Don't get caught in trying to please others, you know, that you're desiring acceptance. And then the last one is, you know, reward yourself, but in in
0: a good way. Yeah, I love that. And I especially love this idea. And I, I hope people will take it home is if you start to feel shame or guilt, change that to curiosity and compassion. Yeah. Huh. What, you know, what happened there? What is my body, my mind trying to tell me? I, I love that. Cause remember it happens Self times when one when part of you wants to move forward and the other part is saying, "Oh no, no, I'm much more comfortable here. So it's, it's great to just be kind to yourself.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, we don't do our takeaways on, on our own little topics. Usually I'm just going to try to, you know, be aware of these as I move forward with, you know, different
0: goals in my life. And how about you, Maria? What yeah, are your same? Thoughts? You know, Just always yeah. when I feel guilt or self-condemnation, especially to be curious and think about, you know, how is this, you know, habit that I don't want serving me in other ways and, and then figure out, you know, ways to, to, to counter that. Wonderful. Let's jump into
1: our rest of our day here as self-loving instead of self-sabotage. <laughs> yeah, I love it. All right, Kelly, thanks so All much. Right. I love you. Thank you. Love you too, Maria. Bye-bye. This week's quote of the week is from Alice Cornyn Selby. Self-sabotage is when we say we want something and then go about making sure it doesn't happen.
0: You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast with host Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Champions Mojo is produced by Cobra Media and a new episode debuts every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Follow Champions Mojo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Champions Mojo.